Extreme Anime Radio. Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Now streaming at twitch.tv slash extreme anime radio. With podcasts powered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash anime radio. Please note that our live shows are available to view on Twitch. However, portions of the audio recordings may be edited prior to podcast release. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the Extreme Anime Radio podcast in general. We appreciate your understanding and thank you for your support. time we are here on the may 5th edition of the extreme anime radio podcast well actually let me see it's either the cinco de mayo or um may the 5th be with you uh depending on where your allegiances lie i'm jr and he's neff canuck hello sir good evening sir how are you uh, i'm enjoying uh well i've got the background going over here had a little bit of a margarita with my dinner, and now I'm just uh, dealing with uh, non-alcoholic beverages such as juices. Aha. Whereas I have the alcoholic beverages with dinner and continuing during the stream. <laughs> of course. It's the Canadian way. That's it. <laughs> so all across North America, Canada, Mexico, U.S., and all around the world, this is the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. We thank you so much for joining us, whether it's here on Twitch or over at Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. Uh, we'll talk about those wonderful things as we go on during the show. We also have some updates to share concerning our mascot, Sarah Yoshida, and some new art projects. We're going to have brand new artwork to share with all of our Twitch viewers at the end of this stream before we switch over to Jackbox. Well, Neff, uh, I am back here after a little bit of a brief hiatus. There wasn't a stream on Monday because I was uh, oot and a boot, as you would say, in the Pennsylvania Dutch country. Well, after being as busy as you were, 
I'm not surprised you needed a break. Yes. Yikes. So that was uh, Monday. I went with my folks. We had a nice time. And we've been out to that location several times, so we'll do the same thing every time. We'll take the old steam engine train, take it along the countryside, look around, go ooh and ah, and stay in the Red Caboose Motel. That sounds like actually a lot of fun right now. (laughs) But uh, then I came home yesterday, and uh, I have some relatives, in fact, one cousin and his friends who are visiting from L.A. for the week. Um, My cousin was celebrating his wife uh, graduating with her master's degree, so we picked out some sushi at Haru. Did we take you to Haru in one of your visits here? I want to say maybe. It's the one in Times Square. Is that the one with the crazy entrance? Or am I thinking of another one? Yeah. That was Ninja with the crazy entrance, wasn't it? Okay, then maybe we did. I mean, Oharo is that place off. Okay, now I remember. Yeah, that, that, that nice that nice low-key place, I recall, if that's mm-hmm. the one I'm thinking of. Or was it Sushi of Gotti, which we took? I can't even remember off the top of my head. I got to come down there once I get my jabs, okay? That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Even if I have to drive down there now that I have a car that can actually do it. Yeah. And you won't, you, you can avoid the quarantines that way. Well, like I said, well, I'm getting my first jab. quarantines, ja- I should say. Mm. First jab is scheduled for Friday. Second jab, hmm, don't know yet. That's we keep hearing, you oh. have your schedule f- and they didn't give you a timeline for the second vaccine. It's because they don't know what they're going to give you? Well, that's one problem because it could be Moderna, could be Pfizer. Mm-hmm. And the second problem is the the timeline keeps shifting based on the recommendation from Health Canada. And it's like, I don't think they know anymore. They're just throwing darts on the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> <laughs> what sticks on the wall? What sticks in your arm? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh. <laughs> Which actually reminds me, they tell you to wear a short sleeve shirt. And I'm like, I should come up with the most odd anime shirt i own just to watch their reaction when i take off my jacket when i got my jabs i took i went topless i took everything off of the top and uh nobody seemed to complain okay, about wait, it whoa, whoa, whoa. back that up 30 seconds jr you went topless yeah well okay taking this off and my undershirt yeah okay that that's the oddest way to get a shot i've ever seen <laughs> but it's New York, so I can't say much. There are odd things happening in New York, I guess. Ha, ha, ha. I'm reacting to the chat. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of odd things in New York, we'll go really quick to this. The New York Rangers are a very unhappy organization. <laughs> Two of their players get waxed by, you know, that thug from Washington, Tom Wilson. Right. They put out a nasty press release basically calling for the Department of Player Safety's head on a pike. And the very next day, the uh, president, the uh, GM and the president, you know, get the axe. Right. So that's a very unhappy organization there. And what timing, too, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, eliminated from the playoffs. And, you know, basically, it's James Dolan, the owner, who basically... I don't know. I I think he's the Harold Ballard of New York, frankly. Right. And if you don't know who Harold Ballard is, kids, 
look him up and be scared. <laughs> so um, the Rangers timeline, they're officially eliminated. Meanwhile, my coworker is so happy because his Islanders are in. So the Rangers get eliminated, and then Wilson delivers a cheap shot and only gets away with a $5,000 fine. And then um, and then the uh, the GMM president get axed. But Neff, uh, really quickly, do you think the fine fits the crime, or do you think it's a real mere slap on the wrist? Considering that Tom Wilson has a rap sheet longer than my arm of despicable actions, that if we're done on the street would end up with him in this slammer. <laughs> I think $5,000 for him. He's like, I'm thanking my lucky stars that, you know, the head of player safety, George Peros is apparently a cement head. <laughs> Just duck. But you see Washington, the team, they love Tom Wilson. They love his antics, mm. you know, whereas we had a Tom Wilson in Toronto. We shipped his butt out to Colorado, Nazem Kadri, after he went ape, ape crap twice in the playoffs against Boston and got himself suspended both times. Hmm. So we have a much lower tolerance for crap than apparently Washington does. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody, in the chat. Uh, I see Bree. I see Ducky. I see Caldeth. I see Liz. I see uh, Jeremy. I see Flax. And uh, I don't think I missed anybody. Um, but um, what was I going to say? Um, to answer Caldwell's question, no, I did not play any Mexican music. I, I wasn't sure about uh, maybe getting into trouble, but I did uh, get a little uh, margarita glass right here behind me. So I think we're we're in the mood for Cinco de Mayo or May the 5th be with you. Wait a minute, a fifth. That's not very much booze. I got news for you. <laughs> um, how about some anime news? We're going to talk about some anime movies that are either um, in play or have existed already. Uh, how about Demon Slayer? The Demon Slayer movie, which I haven't seen, um, topping the North American box office. Which is very surprising, if only because... It's in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. My, okay. my, my, my intuition at the top of my head is, wait, we have a box office again? <laughs> well, I think it really depends where you are. I mean, up here, nope. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's seeing this movie up here, they're sailing the seas, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Because there is no, you know... Now I haven't checked iTunes to see if they have it on a on a torrent basis, so maybe I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. But as far as I know, Funimation hadn't made any arrangements for Canada, where most of our theaters are still under lock and key. Mm. I uh, was looking that uh, the uh, North American total for Demon Slayer, which topped the box office, six point four million, which is puny considering. The theaters are not back up to total snuff yet, but uh, it still topped the box office. I was going to say, for an anime movie, that's incredible during a pandemic. Mm. I mean, I mean, seriously, you're just like, whoa. 11 days after its release, according to Kyoto, the film has already become the third highest grossing anime film in North America with $32 million trailing the two Pokemon movies that were released in 1999 and 2000, if you want to go 
way back in that direction. Well, let me put it this way. The people who grew up on those movies are the ones seeing this movie, which is a frighteningly depressing thought if you think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, something I haven't looked up is whether or not this movie has been released to, like, online streaming platforms. Well, I don't think so. It's gone to a theater run. I think what they're what they're probably going to do is there'll be a delay, which makes sense because you want to maximize the theater run. Right. So I would guess maybe in the next six to nine months, mm-hmm. it might be on for limited engagement, probably on the filmation platform. Mm-hmm. But that would be just a guess. Right. Um, now that will take me to the other Japanese anime movie news. Uh, this one's concerning Netflix. Um, and I think this announcement was made since we did the last podcast, Neff, is that, uh, the new Sailor Moon movies, as a new, the ones that were released in Japan last year, two movies are both going to be released on Netflix in the beginning of June. Netflix has acquired the streaming rights to both of the Sailor Moon movies. Which I found actually very surprising because I would have thought, I would have laid money, frankly, that Sony would have made sure it, it ended up either on Funimation or Crunchyroll. For Netflix to have swooped in and you know provided more gobs of cash... I'm I'm quite shocked to be honest. Right, it's a, it's a constant topic that you and I talk about uh, the streaming wars per se. Mm. Because of course, you know, now with the players consolidating, you're getting the 800 pound gorillas fighting in the room. Now you're not just getting all these little little guys going at it. Because mm. you're left now with Sony through their two brands, Funimation and Crunchyroll, Netflix and high dive which to me is like the weak sister and i don't know i mean they have an extensive catalog they do a lot of dubbing but i can't see how they can keep it up for an extended period of time against those two heavyweights netflix and sony i just long term i'd say well maybe in four years or so if we're all still around Mm -hmm. we might be going bye bye high dive yeah, and that that's another thing. Um, I didn't read because, and I don't know, but uh, will Netflix uh, localize a dub for the outside of Japan release? Now with Netflix, you're never sure. You're never sure if they'll dub it. You'll never. You're never sure what studio they might use. And as they've as they've done before. They have been willing to completely recast if it suits them. So if you're used to the cast for Sailor Moon Crystal, the the dub English cast, don't be surprised if Netflix says, nope, we're going to use new talent again. Which, for those of us old enough to remember, brings us all the way back to when Sailor Moon was first dubbed and the changing VA game that was played during that that time, from Deke to Clover was a Cloverway, Cloverleaf, and don't forget there were three different Serenas, three, three Serenas, two two uh, tuxedo masks, 
and a partridge in a pear tree. Yes. <laughs> Actually, no, there were two chibi moons as well, but that's yet another story. <sighs> uh, Bree thinks they'll dub and sub it in a few languages. Perhaps it's Clover Way. Yeah, thanks, Ducky. Mm. Clover Leaf, I'm thinking about uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the, the Clover Leaf industry in the beginning of the film, right? It took over I thought the, you were uh... referring to the, to the tuna brand, to be honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have a tuna brand up here by the, name, by the brand Clover Leaf, so I was going, okay. tuna? Huh? <laughs> but um, we're happy to see that there's some positive news coming out of Japan despite these uh, weird circumstances that Japan is in right now. Um, they're under a state of emergency, but the Tokyo Olympics is supposed to start in under three months. The advertising has started up here on the Canadian rights holder. And every time I see it now, I just go, I shake my head and I start giggling. And I'm going, you're crazy. You, you, you really think this is going to happen. You know, with the current state of things in Japan, I'm just going, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried about it myself. Um, I read the news from Japan the other day saying that I believe seven or eight prefectural governors out of the 40-some prefectures in Japan answered a survey saying that the Olympics should be postponed or canceled. Well, that's not an overwhelming majority yet, but if the numbers don't improve, they may, excuse me, they may turn around and say, you know what? Yeah, we can't do this. Yes. The clock keeps ticking every single day, and the question really becomes, when will we reach the point of no return to make a decision? If, if they are going to do it. Yeah, if I had to guess, I think their quote-unquote drop-dead date it's probably June the 1st because of the logistics involved in getting people over there, volunteers that they're going to have to have all from Japan. Mm -hmm. I can't see any later than June the 1st. So again, don't write this in stone folks, but that's based on realistic timelines to get people to Japan, quarantined um, volunteers in Japan, you know, and, and then, of course, the Paralympic Games right after that. And I'm just going, even if they pull off the Olympic Games, I got to think the Paralympic Games are gone this time. I just I just can't see it. Right. Um, and uh, Japan keeps uh, increasing its uh, travel restrictions uh, for specific locations, uh, much in the same way that um, arrivals to Canada by air being forced to go to government accommodations for three nights. So Japan now, I believe they've added India because we've heard of the uh, very unfortunate COVID outbreak in India um, right now, and it's devastating over there. Um, but they've also added, uh, as I've mentioned before, they've added Ontario to the list where you have to stay in a government hotel in Japan for the first three days. And now... Even though more or less our coronavirus situation in the U.S. is improving, Japan has added four states, including, I think, Michigan and Tennessee. And they're like, if you've been in any of these four states in the last 14 days, you're going to stay in one of our facilities for three days. 
I'm going to stop you right there. You mentioned Michigan and Tennessee. Can I take a wild stab at the other two? Uh, well, if I can look it up, uh, yeah. I will guess Texas and Florida. Let's see. Because, yikes. I got to be honest, folks. I look, you know, I mean, our situation up here is not great. I'm telling you right now, it's not. Right. But when I see, you know, Texas and Florida and the shenanigans down there, pardon me while my jaw, you know, hits the floor, goes through the floor <laughs> and gets burned by the magma. <laughs> That's how far it drops. Now you said uh, Florida said Texas and Texas. And Florida. Okay. You're partially correct. Florida's on the list. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota is on the list. Okay. Which... Leads me to a question. I didn't realize there were that many people in Minnesota. <laughs> I mean, I know they have a professional hockey team. Yeah. But, you know, aside from them and the Minnesota Vikings and maybe the you know Minnesota Twins, I'm like, is there any other reason to go to Minnesota? Yeah, it, now watch now watch the one fan we have from Minnesota write us an angry, angry email. I apologize. <laughs> I needed the joke. <laughs> But uh, no, that's kind of like the surprising caveat. Those four states, and then you have states like Flax's home state of Kansas uh, saying that uh, certain travelers from other states that are not vaccinated have to quarantine, including New York and New Jersey, believe it or not. Well, if you're not vaccinated, I can see the point. I mean, we're all hearing up here about potentially having to have uh, vaccine IDs to travel outside of the country. There are people, of course, who are worried about the privacy privacy issues. Me, I'm like, you know what? My life is so boring. If you want to, you know, try and scam my life away from me, have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> we have now, I, I've downloaded for work purposes because they take it now as a proof of vaccination, the Excelsior Pass. So the Excelsior Pass. You, wait a minute. It's actually called the Excelsior Pass. Okay, somewhere in the afterlife, Stanley is going, hey, excuse me? (laughs) Excelsior is the state motto. Okay, I think Stanley was a resident of New York State at one point. So either Stanley got it from New York or the other way around. If it was the other way around, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Well, considering Stan Lee's advanced age when he finally passed, maybe <laughs> New York State got it from him. <laughs> well, um, yeah, so it's um, it's a biometric um, database that you can tap into. It's free to download, and it generates a QR code with your vaccination or COVID-19 testing status. If you are unvaccinated completely, not fully vaccinated, the grammar there um and you have a recent covid test you can put it in and it'll give you a qr code that's good for 72 hours um so um you type in your information your name your date of birth and then it kind of asks you questions kind of like uh when you're getting your credit check and they ask you security questions about yourself so these security questions are what was the last? What was the uh, date of your last dose of the vaccine, or the most recent dose? Which vaccine did you get, and in what county 
was your vaccine? So I had to answer all the questions. At first, it rejected me. Um, and then I had to put in my information again. And I had to change my location from Queens to New York. Yes, they had Queens and New York as two separate locations to choose from. And apparently, I was put under New York uh, in the state database. Okay, back back that up a step. Aren't the boroughs part of New York? Yes. Well, um, New York County is technically Manhattan. Manhattan is technically New York County. So that's how mm-hmm. it's listed. Okay. That's like how Toronto is made up of the five former cities, including Toronto itself. Mm-hmm. So that makes that does make a, a kind of sense, but it's just like, Okay, somebody who is programming this application took things a little too literal. <laughs> Just a bit. But um, <laughs> no, things in here in New York are starting to improve. Um, by the end of May, all of our restaurant curfews will be lifted. So there's no um, late time to close. You can stay o- open for as long as you want. And um, in about two weeks, uh, all capacity restrictions in New York State and I think also New Jersey and Connecticut are going to be lifted. You still have to wear masks when you're indoors. And the limit will be uh, whatever uh, is the capacity you can have indoors to maintain social distancing, which would mean, let's say, for example, at a restaurant um, if you have plastic partitions in between all of your booths and tables, you can have full capacity. Um, otherwise, you can have as much capacity, you know, where you can maintain six feet of separation. Hmm. Something to shoot for up here, but considering that we we're still in lockdown until at least May 20th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're a bit farther behind than that. Right. Uh, as ne- as um, Flax just pointed out, I believe our dining capacity right now is 50%. Um, when I went to that uh, sushi place last night with my cousin and his friends, uh, oh boy, it wasn't too busy at all in there. And it was actually quite nice because some of you may know I have hearing problems. It was actually nice to actually talk to people and also understand what they're saying because there wasn't too many other people in the restaurant. Mm. Yeah, the, the the background noise can be sometimes overwhelming depending mm. on, you know, what hap- what's ha- happening on the table beside you. I remember one of the last times, which ironically enough was Mother's Day last, I think it was Mother's Day last year, just before everything went to heck in a handcart. Mm-hmm. We went out, Mama Canuck and I, uh, to a restaurant, and we had a table sufficiently spaced, but the other table patrons were so loud that Mama Canuck, who's got a bit of a hearing loss herself, had trouble understanding me. And I'm literally sitting, you know, like from here to the 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 screen. The screen. So yeah, it was not fun. No. Um, but uh, here's a um, here's a little incentive that they just announced today, actually. Uh, for the Mets and the Yankees fans. Um, I guess 
New York State is so sure about its vaccination supply that if you go to a baseball game, I don't know when this is going to start, but if you go to a baseball game and you haven't been vaccinated yet, they will offer you the vaccine right then and there. Okay. Insert joke about getting stabbed even before you get into Yankee Stadium. <laughs> oh, so wow. I, yeah, I had to go there. <laughs> I could have said I could have said City Field, but I put it on the on the Yankees because they're in the rougher part of town. <laughs> <laughs> well, that part of town is sort of improving like a few other areas in the city these days. Times Square? Eh. Yeah, Times Square. Kevlar, not optional. (laughs) Um, That will uh, take me before we um, uh, take a quick break for our podcast listeners. I happened to run into one of my coworkers in Times Square last night before I went into the sushi restaurant. A guy by the name of Evan, who's one of the TV producers I work with. Um, He and his wife are from uh, California, and they've relocated to the New York area for the season. And um, as a belated birthday gift, Evan took his wife to a three-star Michelin restaurant in Columbus Circle in the, I believe it's in the Time Warner building. Folks, if you visit New York and you've hit the lottery or some sort of uh, return from a crazy mutual fund or Bitcoin or whatever, if you have a lot of money to burn, go to Columbus Circle to the... um, to the Time Warner Center building. All the most expensive restaurants are there, basically. Um, I keep joking that um, for my 40th birthday, I want to go to Masa. Masa is like $400 a person, not including drinks. But they're the most expensive sushi restaurant in the city. And probably one of the most expensive in North America, for that matter. (laughs) I, I, you, you say that, and I'm going. Hmm. Next January, the odometer rolls over another number. We'll see how things are open up here, but maybe I'll slip down there instead. If not, I'm going back up to the to your restaurant that we went to before. That'll probably be a better deal. Well, well, actually, oddly enough, the Canadian dollar has been, you know, steadily climbing against the the eagle until I figure, you know, the eagle sneezes and we get pneumonia. Oh, boy. As, as, <laughs> as it goes. But it's like, hmm, it's not hurting as much to convert to American cash anymore. <laughs> I mean, a buck 22 isn't bad considering at one point it was like a buck 37. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's a difference. Really yeah. Hurts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But I was just saying, um, the restaurant that he went to is a French restaurant, three-star Michelin uh, French restaurant called Per Se, P-E-R-S-E, Per Se, which is a saying. Um, And he showed me the entire menu. He he said there was a menu customized for her specifically, Uh, but I went to their website. They do have customized menus, and they have a menu – that changes every day with like nine or 10 small French dishes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So you want to take a wild guess? I looked up the, the amount, which doesn't include drinks, but does include the service charge. Um, 
Do you want to guess how much they charge per person for that prefix meal? I'm going to say probably 200. 200 US? Yeah. 300. 400? 350? 335. Oh. Ouch. <laughs> I'm sorry for that money. It should be served to you like they should literally be feeding you. <laughs> you know, like they should have serving people feeding you. What's well, a good Oof. old saying just like buying an expensive car if you go to a expensive uh um restaurant's website go to their menu and try to hunt for the price and you can't find it what does that probably mean you can't you afford, can't afford it, it. <laughs> yeah that's that's the old saying if you need to know the price you can't afford it yeah but uh special sushi is still uh on my agenda hopefully when i turn 40 wherever that happens be it here be it in toronto or maybe even in japan we'll see what happens uh, for the person who asked in the chat room right now, uh, I'm getting a quote for one Canadian dollar gets you 89.04 Japanese yen. Okay. I think for us, it's a hundred and 105, 106 or something. Mm. It is a hundred. Oh, it's 109. Okay. So the, the value actually went up a little bit since I last checked. It's not, it's, it hasn't gone down to the that low point uh you know when Lehman Brothers scandal happened and what the the yen went down to like 75 to the dollar or something or the the yen went up to 75 to the dollar yeah when when the when the US dollar like basically did a wily e. coyote into the cliff and slid down for a while I'm glad I started my retirement account after that happened <laughs> <laughs> um well, for those of you listening on uh, the Anchor podcast, this is where we have to take our obligatory commercial break. So we will be back right after these messages. Extreme Anime Radio is now on Discord. Join our Discord server for the latest news and updates about the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Support the podcast through Anchor at the $4.99 level or higher and receive exclusive perks, including access to our dedicated Discord supporters channel. For links to everything XAR, including the Discord server and our homepage on Anchor, please visit our link tree, linktr dot ee slash anime radio. Here on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, I am JR. He is Neff. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we were just talking about uh, Japan and, uh, yeah, the situation over there still dire. Um, but uh, as we mentioned before, uh, they have a few good movies coming out of Japan that are making waves here in North America that we discussed earlier. And, uh, Neff, uh, anything uh, that has picked your interest in the anime or manga department lately? I picked up a new manga. Um, I think it's called Akuma Mama. 
This is about a precocious little four-year-old girl who summons a demon accidentally. Mm -hmm. And all she wants from this demon is to be her mother. Now, that alone is an interesting prospect, especially when the demon, seeing a picture of her deceased mother, tries to imitate her, turn into, and she's like, no, I want you the way you were. So right there. But then we realize it's not that she's living on her own. No, 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 no. She has her brother and her father. Mm-hmm. So I haven't read as far as I'd like because I got distracted by other things, you know, shiny thing, magpie me. <laughs> and I'll get back to it, but I'm going, huh? How's this going to work? I mean, you know, you just don't randomly integrate into a family, especially when you're a demon and the child wants you to be his, his her mother and oh boy this 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 is gonna you know be interesting mm-hmm. in that potentially car crash kind of way mm-hmm. oh. so wow. there's that the latest volume of kaguya sama love is war number 19 has hit the viz manga e-reader mm-hmm. which i just picked up mm-hmm. and yeah, I know she Kaguya has a bit of a Kaguya Shinomiya has a bit of a wonky family, but it's like yikes! No, no, no. Her family like scumbags, <laughs> because they're all about you know political maneuvering to gain power within the family, mm-hmm. and of course the Japanese social structure. When there are fact, you know, very wealthy families, there can be factions. Mm-hmm. And with multiple, uh, with multiple adult, with multiple sons, and the daughter, the daughter basically is frozen out, and she knows it. That's Kaguya, mm-hmm. but of course she's going. Okay, I definitely have to hitch my ride to the winning brother. But so far, the first one we're seeing, I'm just going. I don't like you, <laughs> and I don't know if that's you know by design. Mm-hmm. I mean, his design is creepy enough, but mm-hmm. what he says and does, you're just like going. Yeah, you no no no. You're yeah. Hmm. You're not the you're not the horse I'd back. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken a, a slight break from watching anime and whatnot because I'm watching a Japanese comedy series on Amazon right now, and I've told a few people. I don't know if I've told you about it, Neff, or any of our viewers or listeners. It is a series called Documental. Hmm, documental. That sounds interesting. And the brainchild uh, is Hitoshi Matsumoto. Does that name ring a bell to you at all? He, okay, that name rings a bell, and I don't know why. Yes. But it rings a bell. Okay. He is one of the two comedians in the Japanese comedy group Downtown, the other being Masatoshi Hamada. So Hamada and Matsumoto, um, you've probably seen in YouTube or various other iterations in the past, um, their Batsu games, the no laughing games. Mm, okay. Yeah, that that's okay. That's where, okay. Now I'm right. starting to. So the, one of the more popular clips of that being. Um, one of the comedians, Matsumoto, and I believe three or four other comedians in a schoolroom setting 
watching another Japanese comedian try to speak English. Oh, dear. That's one of the more popular uh, clips from Matsumoto and Downtown. So that particular idea and mindset goes into this uh, Amazon series called uh, Documental. And um, what the show is, is that there is a six-hour time limit and 10 Japanese comedians are gathered in a room watched by cameras and producers and Matsumoto himself. And the goal is to be the last person standing. How do you accomplish that? You have to try to make the others laugh and get the others eliminated. Oh, that's... That would be interesting, yes. Yes. And uh, so basically, you have... Almost uh, the way the system works is three strikes and you're out. So Mm -hmm. you'll get uh, a yellow card and then an orange card and then a red card and then you're gone if you're caught laughing or smirking or anything. Um, And here's the kicker. Um, Each comedian has to put into the pot 1 million yen or about 10,000 U.S. dollars of their own money. Oof. Now, that's that's a frightening incentive, let me tell you. The winner, or the last person standing, gets the full 10 million yen, or 100,000 US dollars, more or less. (laughs) And um, I watched it there. I think there are three series. I'm in the middle of the second series. In the first series, there were three comedians that were still left when time ran out and the prize wasn't awarded. So now in the second season, he's changed the rules a little bit. So now he's keeping track of who makes who laugh. And if there's more than one person remaining when time runs out, then the person who's made the others laugh the most will win the whole pot. Hmm. I was going to say, wouldn't he have thought of the possibility of ties when he started this? Because yeah. there's there's always the possibility of a tie. Right. So It's not, it's not like, you know, the NHL where the loser point and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it's very, if you're a fan of um, random Japanese comedy, uh, most of the gist you can understand thanks to the way they've translated with the subtitles. Um, but there are a few other things that might be missed. Um, there are also some instances where you, you see um, side interviews with either Matsumoto or some of the other participants. And it's very, very fascinating to see, I'd have to tell you. Um, so I'm very curious to see uh, how it all plays out. You've definitely piqued my interest. And I'm going, oh, dear, something else to put on the watch pile. Crap. Uh- <laughs> now, I should also point out that since it's on Amazon, it's uh, you know it's meant for mature audiences. So, well, I don't have to worry about that. I'm not mature at all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, they give you a disclaimer at the start. But uh, documental, it's actually very very interesting to take a look at and uh, see how these uh, comedians just go into the changing room and pull something out of their hat, basically, 
and uh, you know, try to get the others to um, you know to be eliminated and whatnot. Mm. But, um, that's not, as I said, that sounds like something I I've got some vacation time coming up. I just might uh, take a take a quick peek at that. Oh yeah, um, as as I try to you know pull down my watch list. Right. Yeah, I've got I still have vacation time I have to use up. Uh I've I've plotted some of my vacation, but now since I've been at my job for so long, I get the additional vacation days. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm maxed out and you know, I got the not so friendly reminder, "Hey, use them or lose them." Mm-hmm. Because they the new management's like, "Nope, you have to use them. You can't bank them." Mm-hmm. You know, for the next time I end up in the hospital, so <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll figure out something to do, even though, you know, we're still technically locked down. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe by, you know, the last batch in June, I might be able to go somewhere. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. If only to keep my car happy. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. You... I, I say this with all, I say this all serious, folks. May the 12th marks one year of owning, as I call it, the Dark Knight. I only have 3,989 kilometers on it. That's, That's it. it. Wow. That's it. Well, if you're locked down, you can't go anywhere, and they tell you, stay home. What else can you do? The Grand Tour of Ontario, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might be what happens as soon as we open up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I want to pass along some Sarah uh, Yoshida news. Sarah Yoshida, the uh, mascot of Extreme Anime Radio, as you can see on the screen. Uh, Sarah Yoshida, the original character who loved to dance and loved to live life, and has been the um, the mascot of the station for quite a long time. Started as the uh, mascot of the Side Project, which is the show that I uh, ran on the station prior to my taking over. Um... May 12th is Liz's birthday. I guess we're going to have to do a show on May 12th. What do you say? <laughs> well, let's see what day that is. I th- that will be next Wednesday. Duh. <laughs> I, I can't even add seven, okay? It's been a long day. So add seven to five, what? Huh? We're going to have to figure it. We'll have to figure out some way to get Liz on the show that night. Do note, as I mentioned before off off stream, I do have a Zoom license. We can try something. Okay. I have a full Zoom license, so we can try something. All right. Math is banned. Oh, hi. Hi, Mako. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're at my job all day, yeah, by the time 5 o'clock rolls around, you can't even add 1 plus 1 and come up with 2. <laughs> you add one plus one and come up with three and a half. <laughs> um, but um, some Sario Shida news. Um, we have been doing interviews with cosplayers of Sario Shida, some of which you've seen in the last month or so with um, Bird King and uh, Cosplay Tori. We've uh, done some recordings uh, for a brand new series on ballet cosplay safety, which is a subject that is very important, uh, especially to the cosplayers of Sarah who are also dancers. So um, we've done a new video series. We did a um, an audio series which we released about a year ago, right around when the pandemic hit. Uh, that is still available on Anchor, so if you want to go back and listen to that, Go to anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. 
um, and look for the Ballet Cosplay Safety Show from around March of 2020. Um, but we've recorded four interviews so far, um, one with Nat, one with Tori, one with uh, Dearly Cosplay, who's been on our podcast before, and also uh, Kesho Cho, who's also been on our podcast before, and has also been on some of our uh, Twitch streams as well. So they talk about ballet cosplay safety, and after the last few weeks that I've had, um, I've finally been able to get started on those videos, which are going to be posted directly to YouTube. So I'm hopeful that the first interview is going to be released in the next few days. Um, Some of the content we've been waiting on include brand new artwork of Sarah. There is um, a Chibi Sarah artwork from um, White Namikaze, which if you're a supporter of Extreme Anime Radio, you're a paid paid supporter in Discord, you're able to uh, see the sketch for that um, in the supporters channel, the exclusive supporters channel that we have on Discord. Um, there's another artwork which I'm going to show you in just a moment from a Mexican artist by the name of Brenny. We've been working with Brenny for the last few months, and I think she does a phenomenal job uh, doing artwork with her particular vibe. She's got an 80s, 90s vibe to her artwork, and I think it is just stunning. So I gave her an idea of maybe a crossover between uh, New York stylish and dance. And, well, I'm going to click on this now. And as you can see, that is the result. That is, I think, one of the most beautiful artworks of Sarah we've ever come across. So, uh, Brenny... Thank you. Muchas gracias. This is amazing. And uh, Neff, what do you think of the artwork? I think it's very fashionable and stylish, and she looks beautiful in black. Yes. So I've had some uh, comments from some of the other cosplayers of Sarah that I've showed this to. Uh, One thinks that it's kind of a Lolita style, and one thinks uh, it's kind of giving off a vibe of breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm, That's an interesting comparison because I'm trying to put both of those ideas in my head and I'm going, ooh. But um, I think she did a fantastic job. And uh, Neff, as you can see, this is actually one of the slates that we're using for the the videos uh, when we do the closing credits. And uh, it will also now be our new slate that we put up on Twitch for the end of the show. So, with that being said, please give us the closing commentary. If you have any questions, concerns, compliments, or complaints about this podcast, or at Twitch stream, or anything else that Extreme Anime Radio puts out, drop us a line at ExtremeAnimeRadio at gmail.com. You can get uh, links to our social media pages through Linktree, that's L-I-N-K- tr.ee forward slash anime radio there you'll find links to our anchor facebook extreme anime radio discord or discord uh yes discord instagram and twitter so how's uh, that 
Yeah, you got it. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> the the only unfortunate thing is that we don't, uh, I think, qualify for our own uh, unique Discord link. I think our Discord server is like Discord forward slash uh, gibberish numbers and letters. But uh, if our Discord server becomes popular enough one day, then I think we can get our own custom address that we can actually put on the screen. As opposed to me trying to say, you know, JK357X star blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Calda th- says that she looks like a Sailor Moon side character. Oh, she might look like uh, Nadu from, uh, That's from right. Sailor Moon. Yeah. It could be, right? Until and we don't know until she speaks, and then if she speaks in Osaka dialect, we know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Brenny, muchas gracias for that. Uh, we really appreciate uh, your support of Sarah Yoshida, and we look forward to working with you in the future. And uh, that will be it for the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Uh, once again, we are going to go to. Um, our jackbox streaming here in just a little bit um we may do a game stream this coming saturday and again on monday in the evening so uh, once we know what's going on with that we will post in our discord um beta agrees that uh looks like nada yeah it could be possibly yeah um but um we will keep you posted. Uh, Neff's schedule and my schedule, uh, especially over the next uh, few weeks and months, are going to be very hectic, as I'm sure he can tell you. Um, so um, the uh, schedules will be subject to change with little or no notice, and we do appreciate your understanding with that. Yes, well, I, I can only say, as I said to JR when he proposed a Saturday stream, I said, Okay, look, I'm getting the first shot on Friday. If everything goes well, no problem. If everything doesn't go well, I'll be laying in bed wishing that my arm would fall off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But once again, uh, if you're listening to us on Anchor and you don't know what the heck we're talking about, then please follow us on Twitch and watch our shows, usually every Wednesday, but... You know, with our schedules that could change from time to time. But we usually do the Extreme Anime Radio podcast face to face on Wednesdays and do game streams once or twice uh, um, at other times during the week. So please follow us and subscribe at twitch.tv forward slash Extreme Anime Radio. And of course, the reciprocal is true if you're watching us on Twitch. Uh, if you'd like an audio version of all of our programs, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash anime radio so we will go ahead with our good old jackbox play in just a few minutes in the meantime for neff i'm jr thank you for watching uh i'm just gonna go back to this page here so we can have a further discussion in the twitch chat as to whether or not sarah yoshida looks like naru from sailor moon and while we talk (laughs) about that remember keep on looking out for the extreme mario twitch stream And don't forget to check out our podcast on anchor.fm and we'll see you next time.